Welcome to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things Scream Free. My name is John Allen Turner, and I am wearing a green sweater, and so is the gentleman seated across the table from me, Hal Edward Runkle. Hal, top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> We've established that you cannot do accents. That wasn't bad. That wasn't. That was that not was bad. That was not terrible. Uh, of the accents that you do, that is the <laughs> least offensive of all of them. But it's only on those those four words. Top of the morning to you. Okay. I mean, I, I can't do anything more than that. Which is six words, yes. right? Top of the morning. Yeah, to you. So, uh-huh. uh, so we're both wearing green because it is St. Patrick's Saint Day. St. Patrick's and uh, do you, like, do you, does your family do St. Patrick's Day? Do you do stuff? No, we're we're not Irish or Catholic. Neither or Irish nor Catholic. No. Okay, so no. But you are wearing green. I am. But it was completely accidental. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> I I seriously did not have that thought at all on my brain. So so when you were growing up, you didn't do St. Patrick's Day. You didn't wear green to school. You I think I wore green okay. to school just because we had that thing. You're going to get pinched if you yeah, don't. You sure. know, that's all. I, mean. I didn't in junior high and high school. And uh, and you didn't you didn't do like a a, a corn a corn beef, beef hash hat, thing. You, you, nothing like that. Or no, again, we're nothing like Irish, and we're nothing like Catholic growing up. So, so and so still today, you don't. Your family doesn't do. A, my wife is named uh, Jill Kathleen Foley, mm-hmm. which is like Irish cubed, right. you know. So, uh, so w- that's yes. a big thing in our family, is the Irish thing. You know, a lot of people don't know mm. about St. Patrick. Mm. He was actually kidnapped. Yeah, when he was eighteen. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, and was forced into slavery. He was kidnapped from the uh, from Great Britain. Yeah. Yes. Uh, like uh, they don't, and there's argument about is it Wales or was it England or what's or, it Scotland? Or Scotland. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's not his heritage. It's not Irish. No. Yeah. So yeah. he was kidnapped and taken over to the, the Isle, the Emerald Isle. Yeah, the Emerald Isle, and forced in into labor, uh, slavery, for like hard labor. Six yeah. years or something. And then he and, finally escaped. Well, he heard a voice. Yeah. He, he claimed apparently. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah, he yeah. heard a voice calling him. Um, to be escape to escape, and so he escaped, and then later he heard another well, voice called to go back to go back and minister to them after he became a minister, right? A priest. So, uh, so for for a lot of churches now, yes. so a lot of Protestant churches who are trying to you know sort of grab the leverage of culture, since everyone's thinking about St. Patrick's Day, you yeah. know, this time of year anyway, they're using this to raise awareness about slavery, about human trafficking that still yeah, goes on today. Sure. You know, so uh, so a couple of weeks ago. Um, Academy Awards and yes. and Twelve Years a Slave yes. wins the Academy Award. And did you hear the uh, in this speech by the uh, the director Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen uh, says this award is is for, for people the, who have, but also the millions of people yes, who still eighteen million people or however many are, enslaved, are still and, enslaved today. Yeah, and that's a that's become like a a cause du jour almost. It is among among teenagers, yeah, uh, for sure. But you you see a lot of videos on it on on right. like viral videos. End it now right. is a big movement, you know. And right. they, a couple of weeks ago, they had the big red X yes. day. Yes. Yeah, I can't remember what day that was, yes. but everyone had the red X on their hands. And my my daughters are are really into that cause. Right. Yeah. What I here's what I don't get is I do not get yet what we're supposed to do to support that cause. Okay, so there are a lot of uh, organizations, International Justice Mission, yes. IJM, uh, Gary Hagan, I think is the guy who runs that, and he literally travels the world mm-hmm. and rescues people from slavery. 
Okay. Like when you when you go to his website or you hear him speak, I saw him at a a Catalyst conference in Dallas a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and he's like a super. He's like Chuck Norris. Really, he literally just lands with a helicopter where he knows. Wow, they've got people in there who are slaves. Wow, and he he'll bring a SWAT team with him, and they will go in, kick down the door, drag people out. Rescue people from slavery and throw the guy, throw the bad guys in jail. It's the coolest looking wow. thing. Yeah, I mean it's so you give money to organizations like that. Okay, and he used to work in the Justice Department. All right, you know, so and he's like a total legit I just real don't deal know. guy. All right, I, I, okay, I get that. I just don't know how much global good that is. Do I'm not? I'm, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just being. Uh, I'm being. I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm trying to be skeptical. Sure. Or I'm, I'm a little skeptical about exactly how much because it's not like you're campaigning in 1863 to get a law changed. Right. They these people already know they're breaking the law. Yes. So you're trying to stop an illegal activity. Yes. And an illegal activity that a lot of people are unaware. How they're participating Still in? Oh, they're, yeah. yeah, they're unaware that it exists. Okay, I get so, that. So, th- so raising awareness is important, okay. and helping people understand that you know a lot of these people are are trafficked into sex trade, right? You know, and so a lot of the you know uh, people models that you see on the internet or or whatever. Right. And and by participating in that, you're passively it's tied into yeah. some internet pornography stuff as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, okay. I just I I need to do some investigating, right? To to figure out exactly what we're attempting to do, and are the efforts that we're supporting actually going to reduce it in any way? Yeah, I and and I think that's wise. Yeah, it's wise for us to consider those kinds of things. But sure, it begins with being alerted to the fact that this goes on. You sure. know, and I have sure. near my home, there's one of those kind of sketchy sauna places, yeah. you know, yeah. that everyone is pretty much convinced, like, there's there's bad activity that goes on in there, and that not all of the So what have you seen when there. you, what do you see when you go in there? Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, it's dark, so, oh, okay. uh, yeah, right. you're like, um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. we, uh, there are some friends uh, who are starting a movement to try to get that place shut down? All right, and so we're we're uh, in conversations with them about what we can do, yeah, and what the laws are and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. So now I bring that up mm. because sometimes mm. you know you and I. Mm, what the heck was you okay? that? <laughs> mm. How's your? By the way, how's your bronchitis? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was on cue. I yeah, coughed. I, okay. I, I'm getting better. Okay, getting better. Today I'm a little rundown. I see. A little rundown. So maybe the mmm was was, uh, a, was that stimulating your uh, thyroid yeah, to so try to fight that infection felt or something? A little good. Yeah, okay. that's what it was. Um, you and I have been presenting this uh, launching hope content now. We, yes. You and I did it once together, and, and you've done it a couple of times on your own. And when we ask for people to sort of, uh, what are some words that identify the current generation of teens and adolescents and e- even 20 somethings. Yes. We get a lot of me generation, we Lazy, get a lot of yeah, entitled, coddled, entitled, and, that kind right, of thing. Right. And uh and yet when you see when you go to a, a gathering of these uh you know millennials. Yeah, millennials. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they are very very engaged on social sort of social justice programs. I think they're looking for a cause. Whether it is uh you know digging wells right in, in Africa or 
child sponsorship programs in South America or even Southeast Asia or uh, battling human trafficking, they get very, very energized about that. Because it goes back to the whole Viktor Frankl versus Sigmund Freud thing. You know how Freud said we're driven by the search for pleasure and Viktor Frankl coming out of the Holocaust, right. you know, horror uh, that he personally went well, through. Nietzsche and Marx with, you know, the, the driven by the quest for power. Sure. So we had power on right. the one hand and then Freud counters that with pleasure. With pleasure. And, and then Frankl, Frankl comes with purpose, with meaning. Yeah. Right? Man's Search for Meaning was his famous book. But he was saying, look, that's what we're certainly searching for. And... <laughs> And we seek after, we get distracted with pleasure, searching for pleasure mm-hmm. when we don't have a clear meaning or purpose that is actually driving us, you know? And so, so much of what they're, we're, we're, what we're telling them is that uh, you're all consumed with consuming. Right. Right. That's you're all just a bunch of consumers, consumers and right. none of you are producers. Right. And Franco would say it's because. We've done so much for them for so long, and we've protected them from the world for so long and in so many ways that they're they're actually just being distracted by those pleasures because they're temporary and they mm-hmm. get them through. But what they're really suffering from is a lack of true, well-defined purpose. They don't have a cause. There's not a civil rights movement in in you know a clear feminist right. movement to, in right. order to change one big huge law. Like, well, take that civil rights movement. You know the the people who were marching. Um, there, there obviously were a lot of people from Selma, a lot of people from Alabama, a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, 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 black people who were oppressed in those environments. But it was also a lot of people from the Northeast, mostly young people, young white people, young yeah, white absolutely. people, a lot of Jewish people, yep. a lot and of from the West Coast yeah, as well, sure. who who came down to places like Mississippi yep. and Alabama yep. and and uh, participated in those marches. Again, it tapped into something. And I think for for teenagers especially, they get told a lot, you know, you're the next generation, right. you're the leadership of the future, you're the church of tomorrow, you're the politicians of the of tomorrow, the government yes. of tomorrow. And and they want to be something right now. Yeah. They they want to change the world right now. Well, think about this, you know, how many franchises of books and movies mm, have been yeah. created over the last 15 years? That are showing teenagers as the saviors of of their worlds, right? Where the uh, the the adults need have messed it up. These a- so they need Harry Potter and Hermione, or right? uh, the, and, the Hunger Games. They need Katniss Everdeen and then the, the Divergent, and they need the Divergent, um, which is coming out. And the Ender's Game. Ender's they need the, yeah. a little kid to save the planetary, whatever. <laughs> it's all this. We need the kids to save us from the mess that, that we've, we've made. made of things. I mean, and these are huge, huge series on uh, on books. Twilight's the same thing. Yeah. This underground thing that parents and adults don't just—they don't understand. And it's it's the younger kids. It's all about this. Uh, we ha- have the capability of making a difference that our parents have never actually believed in us mm. in. You know, and so, so we need a savior, and the the next generation is going to undo yes. all of the things that we've screwed up. And Disney, every Disney TV show is the parents are buffoons, well, yeah. right? You know, and it's the kids who actually have, they're the ones who are cognizant. They're mm-hmm. the ones who are aware. They're the ones who have the power and the capability and uh, passion. See, in in uh, in drama and in dramatic structure, 
you need what's called an everyman character. Mm-hmm. Someone the audience sees as themselves yes. is a window into that world. And periodically that character will look right at you and go, is it me? You know, you, you like, you understand what I'm doing mm-hmm. here, right? So, mm-hmm. and, uh, and in every Disney show, it's the teenager. Yeah. Now, obviously, it's because that's who that's marketed to. Yes. But you're trying to show the the everyman character is always the teenager, and consequently, the adult, if they're there, is either a buffoon, right. which is usually dad, right. or a narcissist, which is usually mom. Right. And it's it, like it's poisoning the, your mind when you watch it. I just I can't watch much of it. It's just reflecting life. Art just imitates life, John. Uh, Brecht would say no. Yeah. Art is a banner yes. that leads us somewhere. It's not just a mirror right. that reflects. It's a banner that takes us somewhere. It's both. Yeah. It's both. Yeah. It's, it's fast, but I mean, that, that all speaks to this innate desire within. Give us more to do. Yeah. Right? We, we, we want to do something, and we want to know that we're making a difference now. Right. Not that when we get a certain magic age, we'll cross a threshold. And then we'll be able to be yeah. productive people. Because what that means is you know, one of the most insidious labels I think we can put on our kids is potential. Mm, yeah. Is untapped potential. Like you're going to be a really good whatever. You someday. have so much potential. Right, which means you're not yet. Right. You know? And so the problem is, is that you'd never get out of the not yet. And even if you do, then there's no way possibility of excelling because you're just now just finally living up to the potential. Now then, what do you do with... Because there's also... Uh, I think uh, Leonard Sweet would call this the double ring. Every generation kind of has a double ring where, where both extremes are true. Mm-hmm. So you've got this uh, prolonged adolescence, but yes. then you've also... The, the, dub, the second ring of the double ring is a, a rush to adulthood too soon. True. Too old, too soon. You know, you've got eight-year-olds who are wearing adult-looking clothing. You know, yeah. when you see a, a, when I go pick up my daughter at her elementary school, and there's a fourth-grade girl wearing a pair of shorts that have the word "juicy" written across the backside of them. Sweet. You know, and they're wearing makeup, and they're right, you know, right. this this rush into that kind of stuff. And then once they get into it, it's this slow down of actual adulthood. Yeah, we want to yeah. hurry them up into... Into adolescence and then keep them there. But then even in those Disney shows, a lot of the the humor is a very adult kind of humor. Yeah. And so, again, we're rushing them into grown-up situations. And and in those Disney shows, the, the things that are... Um, are seem to be most important are being famous, yes. being, you know, being popular, and getting a boyfriend. Yes, and it's all that matters, John. <laughs> when when uh, when my fifth grade daughter is coming home talking about who in her class is dating. Yes. Um. Okay. You it, did that though. I I don't I don't think in I did. Third grade, we were talking about who's going with whom. I, I you guess. Remember that? Yeah, I don't know. And then your your parents would make the school, joke going school, where? Yeah, middle school. I remember that. Yeah, remember I don't know third, if I remember third grade, that. fifth grade. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I don't know who's going with whom. I totally remember that. So, so yeah. how? What's there is this strong sense in the current generation of adolescents? Yes. That they want a cause around which to rally. They want more to do. Yeah. 
but we don't want them to rush headlong into overly adult situations. Well, I want them to be more involved in adult situations. I just want it done with adults. Okay. Well, now no. hang on, because we just talked about dating, and I don't think that's what we're talking about. Well, I want them to actually experience interactions with the opposite sex. Right. You know, I, I want them to, to do that, because the more they're able to do that, the less than it becomes this huge thing. I love it when they go out in groups, right? Yeah. And they, and, and they get to interact with other people, and they get to see people as people instead of these objects that they have to attain. That's what a boyfriend becomes. Uh, yeah. You know, a possession that I have to get because it's of the status it brings to me. And I, if we don't have cross-gender <laughs> friendships, <yeah. laughs> then the, the dangerous thing is we, we only see people of the opposite gender as potential Exactly. Mates. So I want that interaction to yeah. happen earlier on. I just want it to be done with adult conversations. I want it to be done not underneath the adult's purview. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's kind of it's the clandestine stuff. It's the, we've got to invite them more and more into the adult world, but with adult conversation and guidance about those things. Okay, now, l- before we go too far, let's, yeah. let's stop for a second and let's define some terms. Let's begin with adult, mm-hmm. because I think we're very confused about what the term adult means. Sure. When you see, you know, when a show comes on or a, a movie comes on and it says it's rated whatever it's rated because of adult situations, what what does that mean? It means I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but when you say... It means illicit. But when you means. say yes. you want your kids involved in adult situations... You don't mean illicit. No. You don't mean no. sexual no. or profane or whatever. I mean conversations uh, with other adults. Okay. I, I mean uh, interacting around a task and, and a job. Intera- I mean uh, working to have uh, conversations with people you disagree with, but learning to do it without being disagreeable. It's So when we say... Um, you know, sometimes we'll joke, you know, being, I don't want to be a grown up today. Yeah. You know, <laughs> being a grown up is hard. Sure. When we say those kinds of things, the grown up things that we're talking about have very little to do with, with what illicit we, behavior we, on a television show. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. When we say that, we're talking about the responsibilities. Going to, jo- going to your job and doing and something bills you don't want to do right now because it helps tax you guy. afford oh, something you do want to do. Gracious. Seeing yeah. the tax guy. Yeah. Yeah. So those kinds of things. But that is what being a grown-up really is. Most of the time, being a grown-up has very little to do with anything illicit right. and more to do with doing the things that you don't... Uh, that, well, that I aren't... think it's doing things you don't, uh, don't want to do right now in order to be able to afford yeah. things that you do want to do <laughs> overall. And that's not just money afford. <laughs> do but... the boring things so you can afford to do the illicit things later. That's exactly right. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> so that we can go to a... You know, a, a resort later, or we yeah. can do whatever. No, so that we can have a house, right? And we can have kids. Sure. Or we can send our kids to school and go to college, right? Uh, so that we can have some free time. These are the things that you do, uh, uncomfortable things. And it's so it's it's about, you know, like my son, uh, we have the chairman of our board here at Scream Free. He and his wife celebrated 50th anniversary. Oh, and over it was the a weekend, big, yeah, right. It was a big yeah, party yeah. at church, right? Well, my son's got a baseball game right near church, and then he's got practice a little further away. Mm-hmm. So... 
I don't have time to go home and then come back. I've got to, certainly got to make an appearance. And so, dude, hey, you're coming with me. When he's dressed in his baseball stuff, I'm dressed in warm-up stuff. So we make an appearance. We pop in sure. and we go right to them and say, my gosh, thank, congratulations. It's wonderful. Happy anniversary, right? We've and, got a thing and out And go. he's right beside me and he's shaking his hand. And he's looking right in the eye. That type of thing. I want them to learn those are the things that responsible adults do. The same thing and, you and I have talked about before. Take your kids to funerals. Right. Right. You know, let them know how do you, how are you supposed to behave in those kinds of situations sure. so that when it happens, because it does happen, you know, it's not the most awkward thing in the world for them. Right. And it's the importance of ceremony. It's importance of making an appearance. It's the importance of, of doing small things that mean a lot to other people. It's also the importance of raising your kids in the context of some sort of community. Exactly. Whether it is a community of faith or a community of, you know, geography, or you're part of a country club or you're part of something. Well, and it's the, it's recognizing the only the, so often the only community they belong to is just other teenagers. Right. They they right. go to a middle school and That's they are part of that community, and that community may have eight hundred and fifty teenagers. Yeah. And. And then when they go adults. home, they're part of communities on Pinterest and Instagram of teenagers. Other teenagers. Right? And so they're constantly surrounded by other teenagers. And when you're constantly surrounded by other teenagers, you lose the ability to interact with adults. Right. That's just, it makes perfect sense. Right. Why would we expect otherwise? And yet, it makes us uncomfortable taking our kids with us into those kinds of situations. It's easier to leave them at home. It is. But what are we doing long term to them? Right. And especially to these teenagers who want to do something. Yes. They, I don't think it's nobody wants to do nothing. I, I, yeah. I can't imagine that. I think I there agree. is something I that agree. is hardwired in us to to be active. And like you said, and Viktor Frankl mm-hmm. says, mm-hmm. to have some sort of purpose and to know that the things you do have meaning. Yeah. And that's ultimately what I believe we're searching for is what we're here for. And it's born within. And our teenagers are starving for it. But in the light of not getting it, they'll be distracted with pleasure. So distracted by the search for pleasure. For example, here in a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. even for a lot of people right now, it's spring break. Yes. And the you know, the default setting is for kids to lay around the house. No, and go to the beach, baby. Mildew like bad laundry or something or, like that. Or go to the beach and lose their virginity. Yeah. That's and so the, what you know, we did go for to a Panama number of years, City, baby. Uh, our, our family's in kind of a different rhythm right now, but for a number of years, uh, we took our kids down to Mexico mm-hmm. and we built houses for homeless people. Right. Because I think that at first, when you first tell them kids for spring break this year, yeah. we're going to Mexico. Yay. Right. And we're going to work on a construction site for mm-hmm. five days. Boo. But once they get down there, they have this radically life changing. Yeah worldview altering experience. It's amazing how much when kids go on mission trips and whether they're whether they're religious mission trips or medical mission trips, yeah. right? Once they go on, they are hooked. Well, and when we went down there, we didn't go down there to evangelize the community. No, we, no. we went down there to build a house for homeless people. Right. Dig wells yeah. for folks, right? Reconstruct a building. My my daughter has been on multiple mission trips through her school, and uh, she's gone to the last two spring breaks, she's gone to Mexico, mm-hmm. and she goes to this the largest orphanage in Mexico. Ensenada, right? In, the c- Ensenada, city of, city of children. And so in, in Cabo, or uh, near, in the Gulf of whatever. Yeah. In, what am I, Baja. Baja, Thank California. You. Yes. And she, uh, 
can't talk about She's gone twice. Yeah. She raised her own money to go, and all she does is play with kids the whole time. Rancho Coronita. Yes. Yes, and it's beautiful. Have you been? I've heard it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, we used to go down there when I was a kid mm. uh, living in California. Yeah, it, it's, it's not it's a only far a couple, drive. Yeah, 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 a few hours. So, from San Diego, uh, so yeah. we used to go down there for Thanksgiving mm. a lot of years. And mm. we would, uh, you know, my mother's first generation Mexican American. Right. So that's a, that was a big deal for us. And I was adopted. So right. uh, orphanage, that kind of thing. It's something sure. in our family, my family of origin, took very seriously. And so we would go down there a lot. Yep. And, um, and and so whether you like you said whether it's a you know a religiously motivated trip or just a you know a social Man, justice I'll sort tell of you, trip. I, I met a guy. I know a guy. I was talking with him the other night. We were at the lacrosse game, watching our girls play lacrosse, and he was saying that this this summer that our kids go to a private school, and so they're you know have a, a wide range of of associations. So mm-hmm. so there are some folks there that are on scholarship, right? That from the inner city, and then. Sure. But there's tons of kids there that are just really, really on the one percent end, right? Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, very, very wealthy. Very, very wealthy, right? On that end, and uh, and so she was. She's friends with a girl who was invited this summer to go on a three week Mediterranean cruise on a private boat. Wow! Through the Isle, the Greek Isles, which sounds like fun, and it also sounds like a coming of age movie that would have gotten you and me through puberty. <laughs> Right, <laughs> doesn't it? You know, yes. I mean, that's a. Yeah. If we could just speak bluntly, there about was a that, movie about that. Yeah, about, there was. Yeah, yeah. No, I want to think about it. it was Peter Gallagher. That, and, yes, uh, what was Hannah. the name of that movie? I don't. Yeah. Oh gosh. I, yeah. I, I've erased that. I've deleted that from the memory. <laughs> and yet, you were able to name the. Uh, what was that movie? Anyways, yeah. so uh, she's but she's invited with a family to go do this, mm-hmm. right? And she said no. Because she got she gets the opportunity to go on a medical mission trip to Guatemala, and she's interested in doing medicine for a living, and so oh, okay, she's going yeah. to do nurse stuff huh. for these sick kids at a clinic in the in, in the hills of uh, Guatemala. So, wow, you know, and, and my family will be going to Guatemala this summer as well. Oh, very cool. So we we go to uh, to Guatemala City. There's a place mm. called City of Hope there, which is sort of started as a boys' club. Okay, and then they added a. Uh, they, they started feeding so many people, and they were buying breakfast from outside. They thought, why don't we build, like, an industrial kitchen here? Mm-hmm. So they did that, and then they said, why don't we start training these people how to cook, how to bake? And as they started a bakery. Cool. Then they added a, a beauty salon, and then mm. they, so they're, they're doing job training and right. stuff like that in the mm. middle of the, like, the worst part. Slums, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the, you know, the, the State Department says, don't travel there. Right. We go there, but the only reason we're able to is because we go to that Facility. City of Hope, and even the drug dealers are like hands off that place because yeah, they do touch too that much place. Good. Yeah, seriously, Interesting. that's fantastic. So it's cool that our kids want to do that. How do we nurture that? Right? right? How do we expose our kids to that? Right? Because so many of us like, well, I don't want to give up my spring break, right? You know, and so like this, and year, you will get that pushback at at first, especially if you're just introducing this to your kids. If your kids are 14, 15 years right. old, and they've never done something like that, and you say, "Hey, good news, we're going mm-hmm. to Guatemala mm-hmm. to do a medical mission trip instead of going to the Mediterranean for three weeks," right? They're probably going to be like, "I'm not sure I want to do yeah. that." Well, the interesting thing is, I think my daughter and my son is doing one um, to Arizona this year, and he did one in Nashville last year. Um, to do work, I think they like it because it's not with us. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there are a number of those that are or, springing up. They're called they're like work camps. Yes, you know where they they will all day during the day. We the church where I pastored in Texas. Yes, we we did one of these where yeah. all day during the day you would scrape and paint houses for elderly. That's what my son did. Shut for in a week. people, and then the nighttime was like this big youth yes. rally concert, you know, kind of thing, bringing yep. a comedian and all that kind yep. of stuff. So there are a lot of those kinds of work camps that are springing up around the country, too. Around. 
But this year, because my daughter has done that spring break the last two years, and mm. uh, but this year uh, I have to work this week of spring break uh, up in yeah. Seattle, and so uh, but for just for like two and a half days. So, <laughs> so you're going to be working during the day, and then you're taking time mm-hmm. on the front end or the back end, or something. Uh, we're so? going front and back end. We're going there for eight days, and so we're just going to actually spend time as a family looking at sites and the kids have to plan a couple of the days oh, or yeah. whatever. So there is, I mean, it's certainly great to spend time with family doing yeah. fun stuff. It's also time, it, it's got to be part of the rhythm of your life though, that you also do things like you and I, you and I are going to Kazakhstan, yeah. right? To do some teaching on parenting and marriage yes. to, to some folks that are bringing us literally halfway uh, around the world. Yeah, if you looked at a globe yeah. and went halfway around the well, globe, that's where, that's we're, where going. we're going. Yeah. yeah. And no we, easy way to get there. No. And, and we're not getting paid for that at all. Well, we're nope. excited to do it. It's part of a duel. But sure. I've got at the same time, I've got to have other trips where I take where it's just pure fun. And, and uh, this know? is interesting because you brought up um, Victor Frankel earlier, who yeah. survived the Holocaust. And for a lot of people, their exposure when they think of Holocaust, the image that comes to their mind is uh, the movie Schindler's List. Yes. So then you've got Oscar Schindler right, right at the end of that movie. This great man. But he, you know, he's, uh, you know, I could have done more. Yeah, I could right, have saved right. more. And he pulls that piece of jewelry pin, off, that stick yes, pin. I could have sold this. And this, this yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have sold more lives. And you know? so uh, there's this tension. Yeah. That it, neither you nor I are one percent per se. No. But we are probably. If you we? look at the rest of the world, yeah, seriously, not in the rest of the U.S., we're not going to be in the top five percent. But, but in, in the, re- the world, rest of the world, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, I mean, we you know. we're wealthier than ninety percent of the people who've ever lived. At least, yeah, I, I would say. Yeah. So there's a, a tension for people like us, people who live in homes, you know, with a couple of cars and right. you know more clothes than we could wear sure. in a year. Sure. Uh, Really? We've, more clothes than you? You have 365 pieces of clothing? <laughs> Are you serious? I, probably, I, I do not have you that You do many not have 365 changes of clothing. So, so that was hyperbole. Yes, you you, you understand? I'm going to assume the people listening understand what I'm talking no, about. I'm just going to point out. Yeah. You don't. I, I do not I, have I wash you dress every yeah, day. Yeah, I have you like don't five have, things. Exactly. But uh, um, there's a tension, right? Yeah. Between, okay, how much do we indulge ourselves sure. and our kids sure and how much do we expose ourselves and our kids to there's a time for everything so for those people who are out there and and every spring break is is always just where can we go and have the most fun right maybe this year you think of something different or every summer you take a couple of months off and you go down to the beach and you just yeah. hang out and and uh, whatever maybe mix up the rhythm a little bit exactly. i like the, i like the idea the, the I, like mix, of yes, rhythm. I like that. I, that part of your rhythm is, okay, we're going to have something that's service-oriented. And part of the thing, we're going to have something that's um, uh, knowledge-oriented, discovery-oriented. Yeah, right? so we're going to go to Washington, yes, D.C., we're going like, to go to Philadelphia. That's what we did for spring break like three spring breaks ago. We're we actually talking about that for this year. We, yeah. we, I put it out on Facebook I, just for, to get ideas, yeah, yeah. you know. And, uh, and One of the best of we've ever had. said D.C. One of the best we've ever had. Okay. And, and it was every day was, okay, we're going to this museum. Go to the National museum. Archives, yep, go to the yes. Smithsonian, right, go to the we're monuments. we're going to Monticello, or yeah. we're going, yeah, and, and absolutely loved, walked our tails off, well, right? Sure. But it's beautiful, I mean, springtime in D.C. Sure, it's yeah, gorgeous. the cherry blossoms yeah, it's and all gorgeous. that. And it, it was wonderful. So there's got to be some, exp- so we're going to do some of that in, in Seattle, right? Uh, we're also... Go to the Jimi Hendrix experience. I'm going to go, is both, it's infotainment. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's entertaining and fun as well yeah. as informational. 
But there's going to be service stuff as well. Yeah. So build it all into the ribbon. I just like, I like the word sometimes or sometimes. I mean, yeah. you know, ask, you do service stuff? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I do. Yeah. Do you do pro bono work? Do you yes. do volunteer sometimes work? I sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Do I, I do, went, yeah. uh, do I do stuff for a lot, uh, for you know, relatively a lot of money? Sometimes. Yes, sometimes I do. Yep. Do I take vacations where I have no agenda other than to sit by the pool all <laughs> With day? With a drink that has yes. an umbrella in it? For three straight days? Yes. Sometimes, sometimes I, I do. do. Yes. And do I take some vacation time and I go down and I right. bust my hump trying to build a cinder block house for some people who don't have a roof over their heads? Sometimes. Sometimes I do. Yeah. I like the idea of rhythm more than I like the idea of balance. Me too. People seem to th- act as if balance is the ultimate goal. But balance is it's unattainable, right? Well, it's 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 not static. It is attainable, but it's not static. Okay. I mean trying to most people when they when they try to balance their lives, what they think of is a, uh, a system of, of weights, yeah, like, sure. like a justice so thing. I, if, or, or, I, if I've or, got this much pleasure, like then seesaw. I have to have this much. Right, a seesaw. And then right. w- the way I think of that, that's like trying to balance on a bicycle that's not moving. Right. Which is very hard to do and exhausting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. doesn't give you rest. Rest, or exactly. Because you're trying right. to think, well, okay, so I... I answered my email this morning, and I'm technically on vacation. So what? How do I make up for that yes. later tonight? So maybe I'll have an extra drink later tonight, but then I'll be hungover in the morning, and I'll feel terrible. You know, it's it's, it's exhausting. Because I mean, think about it, just how that that's balancing on a tightrope. Yeah, that's balance, but that's not very freeing at all. I like to think of it as no, there's a rhythm in riding a bicycle. Yes, it, when you have motion or swinging in a moving, swing set, you right? know, where you kind of you push forward and backwards simultaneously, right. and it generates that kind of mo- momentum. And, and the, what I like about the bicycle is you're going forward, and it's never a straight line. Yeah, and so there's going to be more emphasis. Sometimes you're going to go a certain direction, and then you can balance it back. But and you're going to go different speeds, but motion is what helps the balance balance itself. Right, yeah, right? yeah. It's hard to balance when you're staying stationary, right. when you're staying motionless. Yes. And so it, it means I'm going to choose a, a rhythm of, okay, this time I'm going to do this. Yeah, and I think... And this time I'm going to do this, but I'm not going to try and make them equal. And balance you know? uh, requires you to keep score. Right. We've done, you know, X number of times we've done your thing, so now we have to do X number of things to do my time Which to make it Which part of it is inevitable. And, We're going to do in that in human, you know. And be, yeah. But again, trust. But it's not healthy but, necessarily. Well, it's, it, it's not unhealthy necessarily if you're just trying to gain an overall kind of equanimity rather than an equality, you know. Right. The equality is that it's got to be exact, you know, this many yeah. times and this many times. And there's no, I'm just not going to work that hard. But that's the thing. It is. It's a. It's hard work. Right. But can we build a, a rhythm? And I think that's what kids are, are searching for. Right. They. 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 They don't want to go on a mission trip for five months. Right. You know. They. They don't want to work tirelessly. They. They do want to have some. And so. Mm-hmm. And usually, even on these mission trips that you our kids go on to, a couple of days where they go to the exactly. Beach, like my you daughter. Know, you know, my daughter went to China for two weeks last yeah. year. She's going again this summer. And but four, three days were visiting the Forbidden City and going mm-hmm. on the Great Wall and all that stuff. You and know? when we went to Mexico to build these houses, that was always sort of you. You push really hard. Yeah. And then you get a full day on the beach at the yeah, beach, absolutely. just having fun, hanging out, throwing a frisbee whatever and that's the rhythm of life yeah you know and you want to do that overall throughout the year and, and that's and that's how you uh, are going to actually pursue the things that you want most 
And so if we begin to think of our lives more as a dance, mm-hmm. where there is a rhythm to things, you can Except think of... Except when I dance. <laughs> this is very unrhythmic, if you've ever seen it. That's uh, now, you, when you were in graduate school. You had to do things that made you feel uncomfortable, yes, right? We yeah, did. That's one of the things that it, when you're studying to be a counselor or a therapist, yeah, they yeah. try to force you force to do things. You in Was that one of your things to I had dance? To, I had to go to a gay bar and dance. Man. Oh wow! Yeah. So dancing to bad disco. Yeah. Wow. Oh, there's no such thing as bad disco, John. There is. No. Go to a gay bar. You'll, you'll find, find there is such find. a thing as bad disco. I wasn't. I I I was uh, in a, such a place back then that I the music was the last thing on my mind. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes. So you were. I so was very un- very, was very tense. For, it was good for That's me. That's healthy though. It was good for me, man. Forcing yourself to do things like that. It, yes. It's similar to what we're talking about, though. Sure. To you know, for some of us. I don't want to go do that stuff. Well, once got I, nothing to do with it. Yeah. What I hear you wanting is you wanting to have an overall better life. You want to have an overall zest and passion for life. You know, that you, that's what I hear you wanting. And, and so involving yourselves in uncomfortable activities is the path to get there. Whether that is going to a gay bar. Yeah. Or volunteering for a soup kitchen. Right. Downtown. Right. You know, uh, spending your spring break on a, 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 a reservation mm-hmm. in the Southwest, mm-hmm. uh, working with terribly impoverished people. That's what my son's doing in yeah. Arizona this summer in July. He's going to Arizona on a reservation. Looking to do some of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. It takes you out of your comfort zone in the most magnificent way. It's not all going to be beautiful either. No. Right. No, and and it certainly you know a lot of people have this romantic notion of what that kind of service does. You know, and it, mm-hmm. you have these grand epiphanies the while you're out totally there. Totally different. Your when spirit I get back, guide right. will come and lead yeah. you to the, you know whatever, and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes though, uh, you make small deposits yeah. regularly over a cons- over an extended period of time, and it pays just dividends eventually. Build it into the rhythm of your life. The rhythm of your life. So, so you can think about your the way you spend your time. Yeah. In terms of that, you can also think about your relationships in terms of this rhythm. Sure. You know, you and I have both talked about how in any relationship there's a there's a business side and there's a personal side. Yep. You know, so between spouses, you've got to there's a certain amount of business that has to take place. Sure. You got to figure out who's doing what, when, right? Who, who's, who's taking who's, the dry cleaning right, and who's, who's paying, doing the checkbook yeah, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. All that stuff. Who's taking the kids where and all that kind of stuff. And you can end up having especially at this stage of life that you and I are both in where your kids are running a hundred different directions, a hundred yes. miles an hour. Yes, they are. Oftentimes, the relationship between the the husband and wife becomes only business. Exactly. Right. Right. And so you don't have personal. You don't have those moments where um, uh, you just you you see your wife doing dishes, and um, and instead of getting right beside her to do the dishes with her because you want to be equal as a good husband and be doing that business together, instead, right. what you do is you start massaging her shoulders. Right, in a way that you wouldn't massage any other woman's shoulders. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's something that's unique. Yeah, right. And then if she asks you, could you help? Great. But that's you weren't doing it in order to have an equality right. in the division of labor. You were doing it in order to reach out romantically to the one you care about the most. And if we're thinking again about balance, yeah, then we're thinking, okay, so we've spent X amount of time discussing such and such, right. So now we're going to go out on a date, and we're not allowed to even mention right. any of that kind of stuff, which is unrealistic, you know, because eventually one of the kids is going to text you, and sure. can I check that, or does the clock stop and have sure. to start again? 
if you can stop thinking in terms of trying to balance the personal relationship and professional or business side of right. your relationship and just start thinking in terms of rhythm. Yeah, it's interesting. We're talking about it. I haven't really delved much into this. Uh, maybe there's, you know, maybe there's a program we can develop, but it, it's something, it's a rhythm of priorities. Yeah. Is what it sounds like to me. It, is when I'm, when I'm thinking about the things that matter most to me, those are my priorities, and how am I giving uh, action to those priorities, sure, you know, and not trying to uh, balance them out perfectly, but building the those priorities into the natural rhythms of my week or my life or my year. Right? Well, Just and again, about you that. know, if you can put yourself in the shoes of that spouse, then who hears from his mate or her mate, you know, we've spent X amount of time discussing business, and I understand that, so I'm going to stop that clock. So now I'm going to talk personal. Right. Ready. Go. go, right. You know, and, and I'm looking at my stopwatch to make sure that it's balanced and yeah. stop. Right. And sometimes... Nobody it, wants that. No, but sometimes it is, sometimes it is you know, uh, you do need to set some, uh, some scaffolding in place and say, okay, you know what, let's not, let's try and not talk about the kids, right, right for this next hour. Let's, let's see let's, if we can do that. Let's see if we can do Remember that. Remember when I, we used to be able to do that. Right. You know, there's some folks that say you got to schedule sex, right? And I, I've never been a big advocate of that. Right. But I, I get the I get the But at, at the same time... It. Um, sometimes, like you, you use this word scaffolding. Yeah. So if your if your life has been completely out of balance mm-hmm. and your rhythm has been completely thrown off, yes. Sometimes training wheels. Yes. Sometimes scaffolding sure. is appropriate. Now the idea is eventually you want to be able to stand up straight enough and tall enough that you don't need the scaffolding and you can right. gently begin to remove it gradually. It's kind of like how I, I've you know wearing a knee brace after my surgery. Yeah. But now, over the last couple of weeks, I've taken it off. So, right? and and so you've got these. Uh, every once in a while, you hear these books. You know, uh, women always write these books about how they decided they were going to have sex with their spouse every day this year. Have you seen any of yes, those? Uh, two I've or three of those, those that have come I've out in the last those. few yeah, years. Yeah, you know. know. And, and there was a pastor and his wife that uh, came yeah, out on stage yeah, that was in a one. bed. And Actually, they, they weren't. Yeah, that was. A, I don't want to talk about them. But yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> don't get me started talking about yeah. pastors who pull stunts like that. Yeah. Um, but but uh, there, I remember there was a family that was on Today Show or Good Morning America mm. or something like that, and they they tried this. And I've read a couple of other blogs. And inevitably, how many, how many books are you reading on this? Uh, having I, sex every day. Yeah. Yeah. When you Google sex oh, every day, that's, yeah, uh, that's yeah. what comes up. How about don't no? Nobody go do that. No, don't please Google. do not do that. Yes, do not follow that advice. Yes, uh, that was a joke. Uh-huh. But um, one of the consistent themes from people who have tried these programs is once that scaffolding kind of falls away. Yeah. And first of all, nobody can do. You, know, you just can't. Yeah. It's unrealistic. But once you pull that scaffolding away again, after having had it in place for a while, they find themselves desiring physical mm-hmm. contact with their spouse more. More. Uh, because the scaffolding was there to mm. begin with. And they recognized that their lives had g- come out of rhythm. Sure, sure. And That's so sometimes it can be appropriate. Yes, Yes, and so and that means just making intentional decisions. This spring break, we are going to pursue. I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to pursue something yes. a little more meaningful, right? But at the same time, you know, pursuing time with your family, relaxing, can be meaningful as of well. Of course it can. As well. Yes. But if that's all you're doing every time with your family, then it's not going to be as meaningful. Right. You're going to get this pushback from your kids. Well, they'll be on the beach that you paid a ton of money for, and they're going to be saying, I'm bored. 
right? And you're like, God, the Lord, I paid for this. How dare you? Have no idea how much it costs. I never got an. But think about all the things that don't happen until you let your kids be bored. Mm-hmm. Kids never learn how to use their imagination. True. Until they're bored. True. Kids never learn to. I mean, there are a lot of coping mechanisms yes. that don't come until you allow yourself and your kids to be bored. And we flood them with sensory input nonstop, and we don't deprive them of it. We don't right. allow them to live in silence. True. And again, there's a rhythm to that. It's not a balance. Well, okay, we've had noise for this much time, so right. now we're have, we've had this much TV time, so now we have to... Right. There's a rhythm to it. But, and again, you know, back to something you said a minute ago... Uh, you're not the most rhythmically gifted person. dancer. Dancer, right? No, so, so I'm for not. for people I, but I play out a there, mean drums on the steering wheel. <laughs> I'm telling you, I have perfect rhythm on that. Baby. So, for people who aren't good dancers, how do you mm, teach them rhythm? Yeah, like this. Well, that was interesting. Remember that video that uh, Michael Jordan made, and he made some video about his highlights and whatever. And there was somebody he was on there with somebody teaching him to dance. Oh, really? And he had no he's rhythm not, he's dancing, dancing like whatsoever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs and legs akimbo. Yes. And and he admitting it. He don't have you know. Yeah. But that that couldn't be further from the truth in terms of describing how he plays basketball. Right. It was beautifully fluid. In Yes, yeah. right? And so rhythm looks different depending on the endeavor, you know? Right. The one thing is choosing to uh, strategically engage yourself in things that are uncomfortable, and mm-hmm. that's going to make the things you are comfortable in even richer. Sure. You so know? Michael Jordan goes to play baseball. Yeah. Or you know, no, or how about, you know, uh, remember this, growing up, Lynn Swan, the receiver of the Pittsburgh took Steelers, ballet. took ballet lessons, yeah. and then, you know, you see him dancing, and had yeah, he acrobatic was, yeah. catches, right? So engaging in something that's uncomfortable for the sake of making even the things you are already comfortable at even richer and better and more experience, a better experience. So, um, so I, again, I don't know what this looks like for your family, you know, whether spring break is, has already passed or is, is coming down the pike a couple of weeks from now, or for what you may be thinking about in terms of your summer vacation and how you want to spend it. But let me just challenge... Mm. Well, what's out of rhythm in your life? Is it maybe you're doing too much service yeah. and you're not doing enough alone time or enough fun time with the family, time enough fun just, time, enough unscheduled I've seen time? Like yeah, that for sure. Or you're doing all scheduled time and you don't have unscheduled time. It's all baseball practices and yep. lacrosse. Or and, even when you take the family and, to Disney World, you have your agenda. So yeah, at 8.15, we're going to be here, and at 8.27, yeah. we're going to be there, and I've charted yes. all this out. Yeah. You know, now there's nothing wrong with having a schedule. You know, there's nothing wrong with being on time. But are you scheduling unscheduled things in it? Are you scheduling free? Right. You know, one of the best one we did the full, big, huge Disney thing. Yeah, we you did know, a couple of years ago too. The first time we did it, the best advice somebody gave us was two things: one, come home in the middle of the day, mm-hmm. right, and then so you can go back and you're fresher. And but don't have an agenda for the middle of the day. Let them play the just uh, let the, them do the whatever hotel pool yeah. or whatever, right? And then we were there for five days. We only bought tickets for four. And then you take one day in the, in the middle, middle day, yeah. totally off. We just 
Didn't know what we were going to do. Just walk around or we'll whatever. Yeah. We didn't know hang what. Hang around. And so they the hotel. swam at the pool and had fun with each other. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, watched a little TV and we just kind of, and it made the next two days so much better. So even when you're building in a schedule, build in unscheduled freeness to yeah. make up a word. <laughs> freeness. 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 Okay. Well, uh, so that's some ideas about uh, rhythm and balance and all that kind and of it's stuff. It's good to think, I mean, it's too late to think about spring break for most folks, right? Yeah, but it's good probably. to think about summer. Yeah. You know? Summer vacation and, 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 and more importantly, just about life in general. Is it always family? Do you always have to go see family for summer vacation? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. yeah. Do we do, you, do we do you, always have to go back to the farm or do we right. always do, have to? Do, yeah. we, uh, do you have to do that every time? Yep. Or are you risking being unpopular with your extended family by choosing to some do something that actually is going to make you more popular with your family? Just yeah. doing something just the four of you or the six of you or whatever. And is there something you've always wanted to do, but you are afraid that your your immediate family would vote you down or would feel it's a bad idea or something? You know, that's Only interesting your you desires. say that. Yeah, that's interesting you say that because that's one of the questions I I always ask you know, when I'm doing therapy with folks, when I'm doing counseling, yeah. is, is, all right, I hear that. What do you fantasize about doing mm, in this yeah. situation? What have you uh, said, I, I wish I could do that? I wish I could say this to him, Yeah, but you never have. I wish we could, instead of doing that, I wish this year, one mm-hmm. time, we could go do something that I like. Yeah. You know, what is that thing? What is that thing? And have and here's the thing. You can easily say that it's the other people that are preventing you from doing that, but you're the one present, preventing yourself from presenting that, mm-hmm. right, as a representation of who you really are, what you really want, and that's what your family needs most of. And instead of fighting for balance, yeah. we did two of yours, now do we do two of mine. Right. Fight for rhythm. Yeah. Fight for rhythm in your family. And define it broadly. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, to You Must Chill, the weekly podcast on all things screen-free. Two guys learn how to calm down so they can grow up and get closer to the people who matter most. We'll talk to you more next week. Cough, cough.